The Hungarian government bans gender studies. What is the purpose of university and removing an emeritus status? Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to the Hylomorph podcast. This is number five. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. So I'm going to tell you a story that happened on a Friday many, many years ago. Uh, we had a party for one of my friends and uh, we had too many drinks to drink that night. And so after the party, we went back to our, do- our dorm room and uh, that night something very, very strange happened to me. And to this day, I'm very unsure as to exactly what happened and how it happened. So I go back to the room, you know, I turn off the lights, I go to bed, I have a roommate and and I'm sleeping and usually we lock the door to our dorm room. Right? And so, it, because sometimes we had guys just like crashing and playing pranks, so usually we always just lock the door. So I locked the door, turned off the lights, gone to bed and in the middle of the night, I wake up to see a friend of mine who was at the party in the middle of the room with the lights on. I'm getting I'm getting tingles telling telling the story. And he's just standing there and I'm like I'm just going to say uh, um I'm going to say his name is um um T. Okay? And I was like, "T, w- what are you doing here?" And he he says, "Well, you know, I I had nowhere to go, so I just came in." I was like, "How did you get into the room?" And he said, oh, actually, there's this secret passage to your room just right above your head. And so I look up and I see this hole in my, um, uh, just on top of my on top of my bed, just like this little hole. And at, at this point, the, the lights, I can see the, the room is fully lit up. And I can see him just standing in the room. And I said, oh, oh I didn't know there was a room. I was like, um, I guess you could just stay, sleep beside me, you know. So I said, okay, c- come on, you need a bed to sleep, you can sleep beside me, just, you know, I'm tired, I'm going to bed, so I, uh, so I was like, okay, come, and then he just lays down beside me, I was like, ah, oh, forget, I'm just going to wake up, go to sleep, wake up tomorrow, just figure out tomorrow, so I go to bed, and then, I don't know how many minutes or hours later, I wake up again, and I, and the room again is all lit up, right, the lights are on, and so I look to the middle of the room and there's this other friend of mine and I'm going to call him M and M is standing in the middle of the room and I say, M, how in the world did you get into the apartment? Uh, sorry, to my room. And he said, well, you know, there's a secret passage in your room to, to get to your room. You actually come through that hole up above your bed. And so right beside my uh, my room is was was the kitchen, right? And and the only way the only access to my knowledge was through the door. So anyway, she says, I came through that hole and I, and I said, well, that hole is not big enough for you to get through. It's it's tiny. I said, well, actually, it is a secret passage. And so I have this full on conversation about how he got in, and I was just just very confused. And I even said, I was like, look. The, the, the doors are locked, so I guess that must be the only way you got in because, you know, there's no other way. And I can see that my roommate's sleeping. And he hasn't woken up to this. And this M is standing in the middle of the room. And I said, okay, you know what? 
you do you need a bed? He's like, yes. You know, I I have nowhere else to sleep right now. It's like, okay, I guess you can also sleep on the, my bed. You know, because my roommate was sleeping. I was like, okay. So I move further up, like I'm being very squished on my bed. And I he comes into the room uh, on my bed and he sleeps. I was like, all right, fine. Wake up tomorrow and we'll sort this out. So tomorrow comes. Uh, I suppose a few hours come. I wake up. And to my surprise, there's no one in the bed beside me. Right? There's T's not there. M's not there. My roommate's sleeping. The door's still locked. The lights are off. And I'm thinking, what in the world? I swear there were two people in the room. And I, I, I consciously remember squishing myself against the wall so that these other people can uh, uh, fit on the bed so they can ha- have, a, ha- have a have have a rest and I, I wait i'm super confused at this point I, I look around and i'm like okay they must have they, i was like okay they must have gone out this through this through this um secret hole so i look up to uh to where the hole was and there's no hole it's just there's no hole there's no wind there's nothing and I thought, okay, there's no way that I was dreaming that because I v- remember waking up, moving around, looking across my r- room, seeing the lights on. And I was like, okay, this is uh, something super weird going on. And so I just couldn't figure it out. And so I, I, I found them. I found them in breakfast. And I was like, hey, look, M T, were you guys in my room last night? And they're like, no. We're in our room. Like, okay. So I explained to them the whole thing. I said, look, you were in my room. And you said there's a secret passage. And I let you sleep in my bed because you said you had no nowhere else to sleep. And they're like, nope, we were in our room. We didn't do anything. And so I, at this point, I'm like, okay, there's something. I drank something super weird or ate something super weird. And so I went back to the room, looked again, just to confirm that there is no hole. There's no secret passage. I looked on my side. I looked on the side of the kitchen and there was nothing. There's no hole. And so to this day, I am unsure as to exactly what happened and how my mind was able to trick me so bad where I thought that there were people in the room. I mean, I guess it happens. I I know there were people hallucinate. And perhaps I was hallucinating, and sometimes, and and often I thought maybe I was hallucinating, maybe I ate something, but it was just this one of the most, just like such a strange thing that happened to me, and it's it's just kind of funny because it, it just tells you how how much your mind can mess with you, and um, yeah, it's it's it, it happened on a Friday night, so I hope that. The same thing doesn't happen to you where strangers show up in your bedroom when your doors are locked and then tell you that they have nowhere else to sleep. So if that happens, make sure you slap yourself a few times. Make sure you're awake. That's all I'm going to say. So we're going to get from from that. We're going to go straight into the Hungarian government recently um, decreed that their graduate gender studies program in their state universities are to be discontinued. Now this was this was this is pretty big news, um, uh, but it it only affects two universities, right? Utvus Loran University and Central European University. These are the two state-funded universities. So the Hungarian government um, determined that 
the gen, uh, that uh, gender studies, uh, it doesn't really provide any economic value, right? The students coming out of the gender studies program, they said, um, aren't equipped with the skills that are valuable in the workforce. And as a result, they think that providing funds to gender studies actually takes away valuable resource um, that can be used elsewhere. And so the the government went on to say that the state-run universities also must take into consideration economic uh, viability. And then they stated that, I am now quoting, higher education should meet social and labor market needs. Right? It's more, it as in uh, gender studies, is more like ideology than science. And so the, the their their point was universities university degrees in one sense must rely on a scientific basis. Great. So I have no problem with gender studies uh, being this uh, being uh, discontinued and being denounced. Right? Gender studies at best and this uh, this uh, at best is pseudoscience masquerading as science. Right? And it's true gender studies is an ideology. The sad truth though is how much such departments in North America um, have sway in the universities and also uh, in the public sphere right but this is this is this is the thing I don't think the government should be allowed to to um, decree that a certain program should be defunded because it doesn't have direct economic value or that the skills um, or that or that the skills are not valuable in the workforce. It's true that the government, um, since it's state-funded, could pull the plug if they see fit. However, in one, uh, the, the government is funded by the taxes, by our taxes or the Hungarian people's taxes, right? And there are a few people who, you know, who would like the gender studies program and also um, if the Hungarian government didn't think the... Uh, gender studies program were good they shouldn't have never allowed it to enter the university to begin with it would be different if the university um uh if the university by by themselves decided to pull the plug right without any coercion from the government or from um uh from any other sources they just decided as a board okay we're going to pull this plug because uh, it's you know it it's it's pseudoscience. We don't think it's it goes well with our mandate. Whatever. Maybe then they 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 should be allowed to pull the plug. But at this point, the government sh- I don't think should be allowed to pull the plug, right? So, like I said, if the government didn't want gender, uh, if the government doesn't want gender studies, I mean they should have thought about this earlier. Um, and at this point. I think it's a bit too late for them to pull the plug. Maybe they can just kind of let it fade out of existence. So this all kind of raises um, the question about the purpose of the university, right? What is the point of university? And uh, what is, especially in our day and age, we really need to ask this question. So according to the Hungarian government, the purpose of a university is to produce economic um, um economic value or economically valuable people for the workforce. Now, it's, it, that, that's not a terrible reason, right? That, that, that's part of the reason why we have colleges where uh, you can be trained 
in the trades and you know be prepared to go straight into the workforce workforce and and work in your trade now the university in one sense is different i mean not in just one sense it is different from a college the university is supposed to point us towards our ultimate goal as humans right and our ultimate goal is to seek truth and knowledge that is uh, the purpose of a human being now to do this it must um, it, the university must promote candid and open discussion right it is through this that we seek knowledge um, and seek truth right it, we should be allowed to discuss things and and openly discuss things so that we can all work towards this goal the university is also supposed to educate and teach students to live well and also be good outstanding citizens and also to be virtuous right to 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 practice virtues so ultimately all of this is supposed to um, point us or um, help us develop as as full human beings and then um, our chief end to be to, our chief end as human being is happiness or 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 eudaimonia right so a university should not ever um, demand conformity from her students or from the professors right so they shouldn't tell their professors or students what to think what to say what to do um Perhaps on the what to do, yeah, they could tell because because they can definitely tell professors not to act immoral, students not to act immoral. That's fine. But a university should never, never, never tell their professors or their students that this is what they're supposed to say and this is what you're supposed to think, right? That that is a big problem because that actually prevents uh, students and professor from seeking truth, knowledge, and also um, in in realizing their chief end which is happiness. So the only conformity really that a university should demand is that the professors and the students be committed to seeking truth and knowledge. That is the conformity um, that a university should impose, if any. And so the university, in one sense, with, with, with all that, in one sense, the what all the subjects are doing are they're pointing towards um you know they're pointing towards uh tr- truth and towards the highest truth right and and that that is and that is solely to direct us to um to um to to have a flourishing human nature right and so this so the, so the university has all these subjects and all these subjects work in unity. These diverse subjects work in unity to produce uh, a flourishing human uh, human being. However, we as a society have forgotten this. Right? We have forgotten that a university is supposed to do all these things. We've been clouded by a consequentialist approach to education. We think that a university should produce students who can meet the labor market like the Hungarian government thinks. And often um, um, often people that are uh, that are in the stamps think the same way. Not, not everyone, I'm not saying everyone, but often people in the stamp think that the universities 
uh, university degrees, especially the liberal arts side, has has uh, has been completely um, has completely lost its its game. So to to you to use a um, colloquial language, just like it's it's no longer useful, right? Now this 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 way of reasoning is actually getting things backwards, because um, the in our ever increasing uh, or I suppose ever evolve, evolving uh, technocratic society, um, this the continued push for STEMs, so like um, and for the liberal arts to become more practical, and to, uh, for the liberal arts to emphasize transferable skills, right? So this, this, this all kind of, you hear this pretty much all the time in most of the university websites, the liberal arts university, right? To give an example, the University of Toronto English department um, at the end of their about section says this, and I quote, the skills involved in the analysis and the evaluation of complex data and the marshalling of evidence to present convincing arguments have always played a central role in the English studies. Critical thinking and effective writing are constant goals of a changing curriculum. So you see here that the English department markets itself as training students to evaluate complex ideas and to analyze them and for the students to learn critical thinking. Critical thinking. And often you find this in other liberal arts like philosophy, um, history, etc., etc. Now the problem, the problem with pushing stems is, is quite simple. Right, you, you get people who are highly specialized in a particular field, right? Who can do a very particular task, but who, for the most part, is unaware of how to live virtuous lives, and that could be because they refuse to uh, acknowledge the importance of uh, learning the liberal, learning liberal arts, or they just straight up don't know anything about it, right? So people, people who don't know their history. And uh, and who are in the sciences, for example, they might make a, a commit a mistake, which could have been prevented if only they knew their history, and if only they knew that uh, doing uh, going this particular path will lead to a particular result. And if that if the if the result is what they would, you know, if they if they could foresee the result, then they may have not gone down that path, right? So you also the 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 push. The pushing of stems, or the continued push for stem, also um, creates this um, this uh, this atmosphere where you get scientists who have unchallenged philosophical assumptions, right? Who then make philosophical claims without realizing otherwise. So sometimes poorly founded philosophical assumptions can pass within the sciences because you know they they have not really dealt with. The questions, the underlying assumptions, which, for example, philosophy does. So, for example, the, the 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 positive movement asserted that any statement that was not empirically verifiable. They they gave examples of uh, metaphysics, theology. This these fields were not empirically verifiable, and and therefore any metaphysical or theological statements were m- meaningless. Right? Uh, there there was nothing to it. So, this, for example, took a hold. For quite quite a few years, and th- this could have been prevented if only they were challenged, which which of course they were challenged, and that's why n- we aren't uh, positivists anymore. Even though 
scientism, which is uh, a strand of positivism, is alive and well. So, th- but 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 the but the reason positivism is um, is not uh, a viable option is because positivism to uh, to actually um, hold to positivism, right? You uh, it ends up being self-refuting because positivism. Um, the claim about po- the the claim that statements which are um, not empirically empirically v- uh, verifiable are meaningless ends up becoming meaningless because that statement itself is not empirically verifiable. Right? You can't look into a microscope and find that. Oh yeah, statements that are not empirically verifiable are meaningless. Only statements that are empirically ver- verifiable are meaningful. Right. So then it becomes self-refuting. So this is this is one this is one example of um, uh, this is one example of STEM uh, or oh sorry uh, of scientists not um, not not reflecting upon the philosophical assumption and I shouldn't just say scientists because there were philosophers who were positivists as well so all this leads to a society um, if STEM is continually pushed will lead to a society that is compartmentalized and we are we are pretty much there. We have compartmentalized our knowledge, and the different fields don't really interact with each other. And um, one problem of this is that the citizens uh, don't don't know how to think critically anymore. Right? They they only know how to think about their particular field, and not about say um, public policy or about the uh, whatever ha- whatever's happening in the public sphere. Going back to the Hungarian government, they stated that a university degree must rely on scientific basis. Now, this unfortunately is very similar to the positivist um, uh, claims, right? It's self-refuting because the statement itself is not scientifically based. Rather, it's a philosophical claim about the purpose of a university. So you, you, you cannot make a, fil- uh, a scientific claim about the purpose of a university. It's always going to be philosophical in nature. So to 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 even go so far as to say that university degrees must rely on scientific basis shows how far we've gone from the original intent of university and uh, and also shows us how consequentialist we've become in our thinking and, and so even though i think gender studies should not be in universities and any sort of program that perpetuates victimhood and groups uh, and groups individuals and then blames the created group x for the socioeconomic problems right any of those programs any any program that um, that perpetuates this should should not be funded right uh, should not even exist but i don't think once it once it's been brought into existence i think it's not right for the government or perhaps even the university to pull to to pull the plug on it because if the government has the so particularly for the hungarian government so if the if the hungarian government has the power right or any government has the power uh to pull the plug they can easily defund programs that may challenge their power so so they could ban history department uh from teaching a particular era because it might challenge whatever their um current um prevailing idea is or they could go on and ban philosophy because you know philosophers think and challenge assumptions, and I like to challenge people to think critically. And you know, if the people thought started to think critically, then the people won't be so brainwashed. So the government having the power to do this 
to to ban you uh, to to defund particular programs when they felt when they feel like it or when the popular when there's a popular demand to defund is not a good reason to de- defund and so it, it's it is it is good news in one sense <laughs> that the hungarian government removed their graduate gender studies program however it is it is sad uh state of of universities where uh, and and uh, of the society where we we've become so consequentialist and we think that okay look if it doesn't produce economic viability then you know we got to take this take this out so i mean if that's the case you could actually defund almost all the um all the liberal arts because there's 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 no they don't really produce economic economically viable candidates right that if uh, if a, a philosophy student was competing against say a business student for a position in in some corporate organization the business student most likely will get the job i say most likely because obviously it's not always the case but i mean when you compare a student with a liberal arts degree and ones with stem or with a more in quotes practical degree the practical degree looks better on paper so the so going back to the purpose of university it, the university is supposed to expose you to new and potentially risky ideas i mean gender studies is you know potentially risky i mean it's a very risky idea i mean it's it's there it's mainly just bad ideas but the the the, the purpose of university is to expose uh the students to it and the ones who are given the task or the key uh to uh, the task of disseminating knowledge and guiding you through this is your professor, right? The professors that teach you daily. The professors, uh, they often play a key role in developing young minds, right? Especially impressionable young minds. Often what the professors say, you know, in the, in the, in the first year to their students influence the way the students, I think, the, the following two years, three years. And they the professors should be for this reason a role model both intellectually and morally now they they themselves um should be in pursuit of truth and should also live a a, a morally good life however and there's a big however this is not always the case for example a prof can be intellectually can be an intellectual uh, giant but immoral right they can both be a role model in one sense and in another sense, not so much be a role model. But the goal for any professor should be uh, to be intellectually serious and to live a morally good life. And that's that's what I think. That's what what I think the the professor should be. Right? They they are they are the role models. Uh, in our morally relativistic society, however, we don't really care too much about the about uh, about living the good life or about professors living morally good lives. Right? We're happy to say you do. Uh, <laughs> You, you do you or um, whatever makes you happy, you should do it. Of course, one thing that the um, that the professors are told is that they're not allowed to have romantic relationships with their students, right? That's pretty much uh, a standard. But overall, the university doesn't really care too much about how they conduct their lives outside of the university and neither, ni- neither do they do any patrolling of the professor's language or use of language, I suppose. Uh, and so, the, so it, the universities should 
give professors the freedom to research topics and discuss topics that could be taboo with the intention of seeking truth and gaining knowledge, right? So the university sh should never impose any political philosophical conformity to its professors other than, like I said, conformity to uh, seeking truth and knowledge. Uh, this, this, this allows research to take place and for the profs to explore new territories, uh, unbroken territories. Um, the professors should, especially if they aren't doing any, uh, if they aren't doing anything immoral or ethic, ethically objectionable, like um, experimenting on babies, they shouldn't have any fear of punishment from the university for discussing particular ideas, um, for uh, encouraging students to read particular thing, and then you know challenging them. And the um, but 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 they should. The, they should be the professors should be allowed to discuss these things, right? Their thoughts. They should be allowed to give their opinions or their thoughts on the particular subject, even if, even if their even if their opinion is the is the dissenting one, right? But if they fear, if the professors fear, uh, uh, fear that talking about controversial topics, um, may get them to lose their job, their research money, or whatever, then the university has uh really really failed its core mission right when the professors start to conform out of fear then 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 that that university is in serious trouble and we should be seriously seriously concerned about that university and this is precisely what happened with Brock University in Canada so so there's this uh, so there's this retired political uh, science professor from Brock University, uh, and his name is um, Gareth Stevenson. So he wrote a social media uh, post about how he attended some play, and before the play, some actor recited a tribute to the indigenous people, and how it was kind of strange. And then about how on the same day he found out that Sir John A. Macdonald, his statue was being removed um, in Victoria, B.C. Now, Sir 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 John A. Macdonald briefly. Uh, just very briefly, he helped create Canada. He was very influential, to say the least, and he was the first Canadian Prime Minister. Right. So Stevenson went on to say uh, that he was tired of the constant genuflecting um, to the indigenous people and their culture. So that by removing um, by removing statues that are offensive, statues um, that uh, yeah, statues that are offensive and like celebrating of particular. Uh, so celebrating of indigenous culture, you know, like an over emphasis and over, um, by just constantly telling people to do this. So he, he so he wrote this post, and then news broke. Right, he he was called racist by certain people, and then Brock University officially responded to his comments. Now they came out condemning Stevenson's comment, and they even said. But but they so they condemned his comments. But they said that his comments are his own. It's his own opinion. Right? It 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 doesn't reflect on the university. So so you you think okay that's pretty good. Brock you know did a good job. Just held their ground. Said okay the prof has his own opinion. We're not gonna do anything. But that's was but this was this was this was not the case. Brock University went on to say. That Stevenson's comment were, uh, comments were inflammatory, abhorrent, and a threat. A threat to Brock University's commitment to inclusion and respect. 
that they also mentioned that they would consider removing his emeritus status. Now, Stevenson is officially, uh, or has officially been removed uh, or stripped of his status as professor emeritus. And uh, the Brock, Brock, Brock University's interim provost and vice president of academics, and his name is uh, Thomas Dunk, said that removing Stevens' status, and I quote, has nothing to do with, has uh, nothing we do today is going to stop, nothing to do, meaning he, um, removing his status, is going to stop Garrett Stevenson's from saying whatever he wishes to say in whatever venue he wishes to say it. But it is again a way of asserting that we, and he means uh, Brock University, no longer wish to have a mutual relationship with Garrett Stevenson. Whoa, there are a few problems with this. Just a few. First of all, revoking an emeritus status because uh, the uh, the emeritus professor made a statement that offended people and then it went against the status quo is poor reasoning. That's not reason enough to remove someone's uh, status. Because an emeritus status, someone gets an emeritus status because the the person has contributed well and or positively to their field, and a professor's political opinions are irrelevant to awarding emeritus status. So, if it's irrelevant when awarding emeritus status, it should also be irrelevant um, whether he or she expresses a particular opinion. Uh, a pl- particular political opinion right so a particular political opinion cannot remove the status um and and another reason and another problem with the whole thing is when a university condemns a position a, a particular position by taking a certain stance in a public debate in a public debate which by the way is not settled right there are lots of people who feel the same way that Stevenson Stevenson feels, but have not expressed their thoughts, precisely because they fear the repercussions. So, when a university takes a position on a uh, on a particular public debate, it tells her professors and students that certain views will not be tolerated. Right, and 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 those views that will not be tolerated, anyone holding those views will be condemned. And it, it encourages conformity by fear of punishment. Anytime this happens, it should signal to the public that this university does not care for the truth or knowledge, does not care that its professors or students seek after truth or knowledge, or that the university is willing to even discuss topics. And so... Any research coming out of this university should be taken with a grain of salt because it demands conformity. And if it demands conformity, professors and students will do research that are in line with what the uh, university's position is, not whether their research actually leads to truth. And so they don't, they don't really end up caring about whether it leads to truth. They just do it and say what needs to be said so that they don't get screwed over so yes peterson uh stevenson peterson sorry stevenson may not have um expressed his opinion in a nice manner in the you know perhaps in the heat of the moment 
perhaps even responded in a mean way towards the people commenting on him on his on his social media. So we could say he, you know, as a professor, he failed to act. Um, he failed to practice temperance, or maybe he failed to be virtuous, right? However, that's not enough to remove his emeritus status. Um, he's still allowed to hold to his political positions, and the university should not be condemning him for holding to his political positions. So in the end, it's like it's a matter of allowing the professors the freedom to express their opinions and in the sole purpose of uh, of debate and dialogue and to seek after truth and knowledge. But at the same time, you don't want to say that uh, professors should should act however they want to act and do whatever they want to do. You know, there's, there's a fine balance and uh, the fine balance is what Brock has not done, right? The, founds, uh, the fine balance perhaps could have been to say that, you know, Perhaps he should not have said this in, in this particular manner, but it's his opinion. And we would love to hold a debate between Stevenson and whoever disagrees with him. Let's do it in in this respectful manner. But the way that Brock went about, that is not the way to do it. They could have handled it much better, but they didn't. To conclude, the government should not be allowed to defund, defund programs that uh, they see unfitting. And... They should. The government should not be allowed to intervene with universities, even though they're funded, funded by, uh, even though they fund the universities. And the second thing is, the university. The purpose of a university is to get the students and professors to seek after truth and knowledge, for the ultimate goal of the flourishing of the human nature, right? And to do that, you need to seek after truth and knowledge and. And once you attain that, you flourish in you flourish being a human. The second, uh, the third thing is, Brock University. It should if you if you're in Canada and you think about going to Brock University, you think you should think twice about going there. There are lots of other places you can go, but Brock University has now. It's it's obvious that if you don't conform to their political views, then you're not welcome. And not only are you not welcome, you are condemned as he was condemned. Now they say that, you know, it's because he, uh, Stevenson was not respectful, but the way they said it, not only the way they said it, but what they said, it actually was more than his manner, the way he said it. It was actually about the content. And so that's, that's, that's quite discouraging to see that another university has, has fallen prey um, to this whole idea of um, people being offended. And, you know, we, we got to protect people from particular ideas because it's too offensive. So think twice about going to Brock and this Friday night, please don't hallucinate. Peace.